<laughs> hey, this is Headbanger Thrasher. And this is Headbanger Mosh. And you're listening to Live, Live and in, in Color, color with Wolfie D. <laughs> hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Once again, live in color, Wolfie D. What's going on, Jimmy, across the street? Not much, brother. Just here with you on another lovely Monday afternoon. All these people listening live. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, just happy to be here, man. Live in color. <laughs> Still one foot uh, on the ground, right? Two at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> One through the ropes, though. You know, I'm trying to get in the ring. So, right, right. Oh, we got a, a pretty cool show today. Uh, the Headbangers. Pretty cool, and, man. Yeah, and then you know, first time we've had two, two, uh, you know, two guys. We've had two guys on here at the same time, but I'm talking about a tag team. That's right. pretty cool. It is very cool. Now, I was thinking about this because, you know, I kind of posted something on social media about it. Technically, I posted this was our first tag team, and I guess it is because, you know, I was interviewing, you know, you and Jamie. So that's kind of the first tag team, but you're the host. Yeah, it kind of counts. But anyway, I think this is the first time we've had a tag team for you and myself together, basically. Yeah. This is getting kind of kinky here. (laughs) Taking on two tag teams together for the first time. (laughs) This ought to be pretty fun, man. Um, I've known them for quite a while. They're good dudes, man. Yeah. How far back do you think? Early 90s? Uh, uh, Probably like 93, yeah, 94, something like that. Yeah, and these guys did some stuff, man. I mean, you know, no joke. Yeah, are they pretty big dudes? They they seem like they are. They are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are they when I'm when I'm working out and you know in in ring shape, I'd say we're very comparable, all three of us. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. slash yeah. size. Your slash size. <laughs> yeah. Slasher size. God, if I'd have thought of that in the eighties. Slasher money. Slasher size. You no, know, like a aerobics jam on the video VHS, man. Slasher dude- size. But dude, like, like, just imagine, you know, like stabbing like carcasses and stuff, and like, so here's how you really work your triceps: just really get in there and stab that. Yeah, absolutely. And still, absolutely. we can still do that. I was born too late, too early, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, uh, what else you got? Anything good before we get on to the to the um, meat of this show? Man, just trying to keep that YouTube thing going, brother. Y'all, keep it up. Keep showing up. Yeah. Keep subscribing to us. Keep trying to build that up at Live Wolfie D on YouTube. Putting new stuff on there all the time. When I am not editing the show, I am doing something for the YouTube. So that's my two main jobs and main focus of Wolfie D. So anyway, uh, here, here's I, I want to say this too. This show, and I didn't mean to cut you off. Such you're joke, good, but um, <laughs> the, you know the headbangers today was supposed to have happened what two weeks ago, and and we got Doctor Tom on the on the on the fly for the uh, save. Yeah, you know, yeah, this is cool that we got them finally together. It's hard to arrange one person's, you know, me, Jimmy. And the person we're interviewing all have to agree on a day and time. Yes. And, you know, now, and then we added a fourth person in there. It makes it even harder. So we got to go on. Yeah. 
Yeah, and thankfully, you know, thankfully they work the wrestlers' hours these days, you know. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's kind of funny, too, is, is I've interviewed people, and we've interviewed people. We automatically assume that, you know, like, oh, that, you know, they're a wrestler. Why, why are they, why are you yeah, busy Alan, at 2 p.m.? <laughs> yeah. Why? And there, that's one thing, too, people don't understand. There's quite a few people that uh, I've talked to about coming on, but a lot of times they can only do it at night. And to be quite frank, Jimmy and I hate doing it at night. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, and just, hard to do with family home and all that kind of stuff. But it, I think I think it's like weekends and nights. We just are absolutely against that, if at all possible. Okay, so let's get on with the show, Jimmy Joe, Jimmy Joe, Jimmy Cross the Street. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back with the Headbangers after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, guys, we are back, and as promised, very cool special guest today. It's also the first time that we've had a tag team on together, so this is kind of a cool thing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to sit here and milk it any longer. Uh, Moss and Thrasher, the Headbangers. What's up, dudes? That's a big build up we just got about this being special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know it was special? No. First, I'm first tag team together. What else? I mean, yeah, that's I mean, I know we're not special. like you and Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, hey, at, least least you guys, at least you guys can get together. At least we show up. <laughs> so, so when you say special, do you want to define that? Are we using special as in like air quotes or? Oh, it's, wow. it's, it's special as in the first time we've had a tag team on together. And you guys are special, you know, kind of like Eugene special, but you're also special in my hearts because I've known you for so long. So we'll call it a <laughs> special. Right. We'll call you special. We'll make it all kinds of special. <laughs> All right, we like it. I like I like special. Special's good. You, you like Eugene special? I'll, I'll take it. I'll take whatever whatever I can get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not picky. I'm All not right, picky. so let's let's start out talking. I I believe if I if I remember correctly, the first time that uh, I met you guys, you were spiders. And we were all in Memphis. I believe that's the first time we met. Or you were working for Bert's thing, and I was working for Lawler and them. I'm not really sure. But I remember we we worked you when me and Jamie were actually doing the cyberpunks. I can't remember if PG-13 now, actually worked you guys. Yeah, we, or 
we came down as the spiders first. Chaz was only in the business, I don't know, a, a blink of an eye before we mm-hmm. came down there. And I was always friends with Lawler because he used to come up to uh, Jersey in the Monster Factory and do shows uh-huh. with Larry. So okay. Lawler always said, hey, if you ever want to come down to USWA in Memphis and stuff like that and work down there, you're more than welcome to. I uh-huh. Wolfie never wanted to do it by myself. So I always yeah. turned it down. And then he came up and he saw me and Chaz and he was like, if you guys ever want to go down. And Chaz was like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And I was like, yes, 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 <laughs> we're going to do it now. So that's how that all happened is I knew Lawler, you know, before from him coming uh-huh. up and doing shows for Larry. Did not know so, that. Yeah, we worked you guys. I think it was at a, a, a it might have been in at TV one time or something like that. Um, uh huh. Back when we were after we left our our time with USWA, that's when we went over with Bert. That's when he started Ozark Mountain Wrestling. Yeah, right. I couldn't remember the name of it. And, yep. and when you switched from the spiders to the headbangers, who who came up with the headbanger thing? That was all Cornette. Yeah. So we that's were doing we, we were doing the stuff with with Bert over in Arkansas, and um, Bert was bringing in Ricky and Robert and Tracy Smothers um, to do some spots, and they went back and told Cornette about us, and then they came back like the following week. They're like, "We need a tape. Cornette wants to see tape of you guys." So we put a mm-hmm. tape together, and um, actually, it was Cornette called us and said, mm-hmm. "Listen." Um, he goes, you know, I, I'd like to bring you guys in. He goes, I got the, um, the gangsters are here. They're finishing up. Would love for you guys to come in and take their spot. He goes, the only mm-hmm. thing is, he goes, I hate the masks. I don't like masks. I hate the, the spider gimmick. He goes, not so much a gimmick as I just hate masks. He goes, but, and you're going to laugh at this. He goes, I was up in New York. I was in a, at a Glenn Danzig concert. And, um, he goes, <laughs> oh right. Cornette at a Danzig concert. Imagine that. Right. Um, so he was like, hey, you know, I saw these, these, these guys were, you know, they had like the, these mosh pits, like they were beating the shit out of each other. They, they were spitting on each other. They had piercings, they had tattoos, they had earrings and, and dresses. He goes, they were just weird. It's not that I want you guys to go that extreme. He goes, but I think with your Northeast attitudes, the, you know, the way you guys come across, because I just think it would work. And yeah. I grew up in, in South Philly, like right outside South Philly um, in mm-hmm. Jersey. So I used to go to those concerts, you know, the mosh pits, the, 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 the mosh, you know, all that shit, the heavy metal yeah. music. So I knew exactly what he was talking about. So yeah. we were like, yeah, whatever you want to do. I mean, we're going to go from making $3 a night. And Cornette's like, you know, we'll give you 75 to $100 a night. We're like, we're in. Like, whatever you want, we're in. We're getting 75 bucks a night. We're in. Um, yeah. yeah. So he's the one who came up with the idea. And then from there, we kind of ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I loved it, man. I really did. I, when y'all start doing that, I liked it a lot. And, and, and to the contrary, I'm a fan of masks. Uh, I love masks. <laughs> you always have. <laughs> so the spiders were cool, too. So, you know, you bringing it into the headbangers and, you know, the gimmick to me, because I've always thought of, you know, like, okay, let's say the powers of pain and demolition are like the sons of the road warriors in a sense. I always thought you and PG-13 and certain other tag teams were kind of like the sons of the Rock and Roll Express or, you know, those music type gimmicks. But at the same time, your guys style, I was in a band at that time, so your guys style fit the type of listener that came to my band show so it was very cool to see the 
extension of of heavy metal and and hard rock and wrestling i mean obviously you said you were listening to that and and already knew about that scene did you guys have some favorite bands you were listening to at that time that you really enjoyed um, I, mean, I, I was listening to, to i would you know, i was listening to like some um some silver chair um, oh, nice. you know, back then yeah. that's when like nirvana was coming out um you know you know, Marilyn Manson was just coming out because it's funny when he was at the Glenn Danzig concert and I knew who Danzig was because I loved his song Mother. Um, yeah. But yeah. when when he was at when Cornette was at the concert, it was actually Marilyn Manson that opened for um, Danzig. So they were just coming up. So, yeah, so I liked a lot of it. It was a big. I mean, I'm a huge music fan. Depending on my mood will depend on what kind of music I listen to or what kind of music sure. I'm trying to get into. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, one of my it was one of my friends, um, one of my best friends growing up. Um, he was really into it actually more than me. So I used to just tag along with him and that's kind of how I got into that whole scene. That's awesome. What about you? I mean, I, I wasn't as much into the scene as Chaz was, but you know, I was, you know, uh, Ozzy Osbourne and Rush and, you know, Green Day and all those ones back then and stuff like that it was what would, you know, I was listening to Manson when he was coming up and through and stuff like that. So it wasn't too far fetched for us to, I guess, get into the gimmick because it wasn't yeah. really that much of a gimmick for us. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're driving together in the car and that's the stuff we're listening to. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, was it, even when we were the spiders, we always listened, you know, to, to that type of music and stuff like that. So it wasn't that far, far of a cry from anything that, that wasn't normal for when, us. So when you were the spiders, what you're saying is your favorite song was the theme song for the Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We listened to spider music. <laughs> we we were really big on Pat Benatar. <laughs> <laughs> Not David Bowie and the Spiders from Mars. It's nothing like that. You're you're, you're talking about Pat Benatar and Spider Man theme. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, you brought up a word, you know, just kinda like the authenticity. It's funny because we we had Dr. Tom on uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, that was one thing that he said, and so many people say about me and Jamie is like, this wasn't a gimmick with them. This was them, and that's why it worked. And and to hear you guys say the same thing, it was not a far stretch from you, and that's why it worked. Uh, compare those two things, the, you know, me and him, and how we acted uh, on screen, off screen, as opposed to you know how you guys are, you know. What and what, think, uh, my my opinion with that is, I I think that's kind of what's missing now is that authenticity yeah. like you know wolf you were there you were there with us during the attitude era i mean you know when, when mm -hmm. stone cold was coming up and and sean was there and hunter i mean they were all themselves like they had an opportunity yeah. to create themselves um so that was part of what was great about i'm i'm, I'm kind of segueing back to you know what we did in uswa and smoky mountain mm -hmm. you had the territories to go and create your own character to figure out who you are and who you want to be in the ring um mm -hmm. So the good part for us when, you know, Cornette, you know, presented us with this idea, he basically gave us names. Um, he was like, you're going to be Mosh and you're going to be like Slasher or something. And Glenn was like, well, there's already someone named Slash. So he's like, fine, you're Thrasher. <laughs> so like that, that's, how the, like, that's how our names came up. And he goes, and you're going to be like Headbangers. So it was like, okay, we're going to be like Headbangers. All of a sudden, that's who we were. That's how like the names came up and everything. So the, the thing is, is it's funny you mentioned um, you guys because – 
when we first started in Smoky Mountain, when the first day we got there, Cornette handed Glenn a uh, Metallica shirt. He handed me a yep. Slipknot shirt. No, a Slayer shirt. And Slayer. he said, here, here's, here's, here's your gear. So we both had shorts on. I had yeah. work boots on and Glenn had sneakers. And yeah. after like the first TV, we did four weeks of TV. I said to Glenn, I'm like, we got to come up with something different. I'll go, because we look just like PG-13. Like, we got to be... <laughs> Other than leaving our shirts on, you know, we, we look like them. So that's, you know, that's how the skirts came. We were walking through the thrift store looking for something different to wear, something different. And I put a skirt on and I walked over to Glenn. He looks at me. He's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, no. He goes, Cornette said we didn't have to go that far. I go, we got to be different. I go, this will stand out. I go, and I'll get it. Yeah. So he was like. Fine. So the first night we bought them, we walked into the locker room, we're putting them on and there's, you know, dirty white boy looking at us going, what in the fuck? And we're like, what in the hell are you boys wearing? Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, we got Ricky and Robert, you know, and Tracy's going, you know, I don't like it, but you know, why can't we all just get along? So (laughs) we we go out, we got such, we got such heat from the crowd from just, you know, face paint, heavy metal shirts and skirts. We came in the yeah. back and Cornette goes, where did you buy those? We're like, thrift store. He handed us each $20. He goes, go buy more. You now wear skirts. Um, <laughs> so it was, like, it, was, it was like that set us apart. And we kind of adopted that. And that kind of became our thing of, why do you guys wear skirts? Well, because we can. Well, why do you have tattoos and earrings? Because we can. Like, we're not hurting anyone. So right. like, what do you care what we do? You don't like it too fucking bad, but this is who we are. So the gimmick kind of evolved into this whole thing with this whole other culture of people who didn't feel accepted that because they looked different or they wanted to dress different, we kind of were able to, to bring them all in at once. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a matter of just being different and being authentic and just being yourself. Um, and I think, yeah. honestly, when I try to watch now, because I don't watch often um, a- yeah. AEW or WWE, I think that's the one thing that's missing is it doesn't seem like everyone is just trying to go out there and just be themselves. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're really. It, it's more concerned about what cool move they can do, and 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 yeah. I, I mean, I always want to do cool moves too. But I always wanted to make things make sense. I wanted to make my opponent look good. I wasn't just thinking about myself, and I think that's lacking as well. Nobody's thinking about, uh, you know, making the other guy look good. It's just making yourself look good, and no, well, no really. But you say. I said that was that Jamie way. that would always want to make himself look good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. I love you, Jamie. <laughs> hey, man, I'm here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> God. Hey, you know, speaking of Jamie and speaking of tag teams and stuff like that, I just got to ask, and this has kind of become a patented question on the show, but what were your first thoughts of when you met PG-13? Um, it's, it's, well, it's I, I knew going down there cause I knew you guys before I actually went down there because of, you know, um, between Cornette and Lawler and stuff like that and stuff. So I knew that you guys were, were homegrown, you know, from Memphis and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it was early on in, in the business for me. Cause I think we went down there in like 93 ish end of 93, mm. 94. Yeah. So mm. Chaz was only in the business maybe six to nine months before we went down there, maybe a year. Um, so I knew you guys were, were 
the faves down there and stuff like that and everything else. We just wanted. But they weren't there, but they weren't, they, they weren't there when we first got there. Um, when we first got there, oh. it was April of 94. They weren't there. So I think we actually first met you guys either. You came over and did a spot for Bert. Um, or it's when we actually came back with, um, when Bill was kind of running things and we were kind of jumping in that whole angle with Bill and Jamie and you guys. Um, I mean, my, my personal opinion is, and this is just, and it's not even geared toward you guys. It was geared towards kind of everyone in that USWA locker room at first. They were all kind of assholes to us. Um, <laughs> we, were, and, we were outsiders. We were north. Uh, right. Yeah. We, we were the outsiders. We were the outsiders, yeah. and everyone would look at us. as and, and I get it. I understand it now. Um, and, you know, a while ago, I understood. But I didn't understand it at the time. I'm like, why is no one, like, helping us? Like, everyone's just trying to bury us and, like, fucking yep. get us. Brian Christopher was always trying to get us in trouble somehow. And I realized <laughs> we were the outsiders coming in, and they looked at us. We were trying to take their spots. But yeah. it was like when we went to like Smoky Mountain and we met like Ricky and Robert and Brad Armstrong and Tracy, like everyone was like, oh, we want to help. Like, how can we help? Like, no, they watched their match and they helped there. It was like everyone was just trying to fucking bury us to get us out the door. Um, well, so let me was, tell you, that is of, a that that is a Memphis thing, man. Let me yeah. just reel it in here for a second, man, because, dude, you know who one of the biggest, uh, you know, people trying to trying to keep us out was was Jamie's dad at the very beginning when we were trying to get a job Bill was trying to keep us out and that's just dude that's a Memphis thing man I never forget and I can't recall where it was maybe ECW I know it happened in WCW where you come back from the ring you've just had a really good match and the boys are standing there clapping clapping yeah. clapping I was like, what the fuck? Is this a rib? You know what I'm saying? Right. You come back from the ring <laughs> Memphis. <laughs> you come back from the ring in Memphis, you no matter how good your match was, somebody's telling you it was the shits, you know, or it was that was a fucking abortion, you know, so right. something like that. But nobody, it's just a Memphis thing. And I don't know where that originated from, uh, but it, it really is. It's a Memphis thing. Man. Well, yeah, that was, like the, I said, it was it was totally different anywhere else we went. So yeah, and I, and years later you realize. Like, I realized, you know, it was a Memphis thing. Like, you know, when we met, like, when we saw, we'd see Brian, you know, in the WWF locker room, when, when you guys came up and we all kind of, kind of started talking outside of that, that other locker room, that other dynamic that was going on, it was like a totally different dynamic. Totally, that's when you realize, oh, that's just was the, it was the atmosphere there. It was just the way it was yeah. done. Yep, absolutely. And I, I don't understand that. I don't know where I'd like to know how it evolved into that. Had it always been that way or what? Or was it right. the influence of of because you hear like I know, you know, Bill, you know, in his early days was a real dick. I know Lawler was a dick to so many people. But then as they got older, they kind of mellowed out. So I wonder, did it evolve from that or what? And, and you know, it's really here or there. But it's just the it's just the thing, I guess, that, that was a Memphis trait. Yeah, so I guess my, I guess my, I, so I guess my answer to your initial question was, yeah, I thought they were assholes. <laughs> but well, but realize after Stop. the fact, like Whoopi just said, it was the atmosphere, it was just the Memphis thing. So it all, it's all good. And I do know when you say when when uh, when y'all got there, we weren't there, is because uh, I think we were in Mexico. And then when we came, because you guys were working with the Eliminators, and then when we yeah. came in, we took the belts off the Eliminators, and that began our little push. 
And uh, let's talk about that for a minute because yeah, I, I've, I've said over and over, man. <laughs> the Eliminators when we came when we came back and they were fresh out in Japan and green and I don't know about you guys, but they beat the fuck out of us. <laughs> just, so every time, <laughs> I, it, <laughs> Do you know, with, with everything would, the way the way everything's so PC now, and everyone asks about like concussions and this and that. Yeah. I'm asked all the time, like you know, how many concussions do you think you've had? And I'm like. I think legit one, maybe two, but the one I know I definitely had, I remember, was that clothesline that Perry laid in was fucking ridiculously uh, stiff. Uh, and I remember one time I bumped early thinking, oh, I'm going to bump early to, 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 yeah. you know, to beat this clothesline. Big mistake because yeah. he was so short. I bumped and he caught me right in the chin as I was going down. Yeah. <laughs> mm. oh, it knocked me to I remember I, rolling I, out of the ring and seeing stars going, oh, fuck. <laughs> And, and yes. I think it was it was more Perry that was stiffer than John. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I always used to. I mean, I still do today. I, I mean, I like to work snug and, yeah. and things like that. So I don't know. I guess I'm a, a freak like that. Like the harder you hit me, the more oh, I get <laughs> with everything. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. Know. It's weird like that for me. <laughs> I, mean, I like the physical contact. I. You know, you can't chop me hard enough. I remember when I was doing jobs and I did a job for Flair and stuff like that. And he lit me up so bad that mm. my chest was bleeding. I was just like, yeah, hit me more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I guess I like physical abuse. Hey, but you I, know I didn't notice it turned into a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> because you're special. Yes. It's only because you're special. <laughs> you know talking about perry's clothesline man i i made the mistake uh one of the first matches we worked with him is calling like a series little a three little thing okay boom tackle but something you come out and i ended it with him clotheslining me <laughs> and, and and then i had to finish and and caught me in the chin just like you said i think the next one caught me in the throat you know whatever <laughs> but it was like a series of of three endings which ended with him clotheslining me and then uh, after that i duck one something come back fly on something i don't know whatever but it was the big i thought after the first one i was like fuck i, I got to call this again to make it make sense <laughs> you know so right. i had to take three my member frank real standing over me after the second one and he always called me whoopie and he stood over me goes whoopie you okay <laughs> he's standing over he's going whoopie don't make me count you out with my foot because i'm not gonna down exactly. to count for three. <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh man so, so I remember seeing you guys, you know, again, I'm from the East Tennessee, Southwest Virginia area. So Smoky Mountain was kind of my jam back in the day. And, you know, I, of course, you know, figured out that I was a pretty big Rock and Roll Express fan growing up. So how was that? I guess let's go with Glenn on this one. Glenn, starting out, how was your, what was your thoughts on working the, the legendary Rock and Roll Express? Well, it, it was funny because, um, you know, when you think of tag teams and stuff like that, you know, the first ones that you think about is, you know, Demolition, LOD, Rock and Roll Express, the Freebirds, you know, all yeah. the people like that. And then when you finally get a chance to 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 work with them, it, it takes it to a different level and stuff like that. Chance has a great, you know, Rock and Roll Express story. Um, but, yeah, when we first met them in Memphis or uh, in um, Smoky Mountain, it was just – and then – 
working with them was just, you know, especially down there, they were so over everywhere yeah. they went. And yeah. it was just, it was, it was that, you know, bucket list, checklist, all hell kind of moment, you know, working with them and stuff like that. And they were always so, you know, helpful and mm-hmm. always wanted to do, you know, you guys or whoever they worked with or, or anybody like that. They always wanted to help and, yeah. and find ways to make things better. Which, you know, when you're first breaking into the business, you, you learn that that's, you know, a trait that, you know, a lot of people don't have, you know, they don't want yeah. to make somebody else better because they don't want to lose a spot. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about the spot and the positioning and stuff like that. They weren't mm-hmm. like that because they, they were already, you know, legends themselves all the way back then. Yeah. Um, so it was just it was a, a cool moment to be able to, to work with people that, you know, you, you watch tapes on and, and stuff like that when they, uh, when Cornette's like, here, watch these tapes, you know, and it was rock and roll express and, you know, um, midnight express, yeah, midnight express and, and, you know, all those guys and stuff like that, that we were like, Oh, well we can take this and, and switch it up and do that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the stuff that we did in the ring was, was based off of, you know, either rock and roll or midnight. So that's um, awesome. It was, it was, it was great. And to, to be able to call them friends today, it's yeah. just, it, it, it's still beyond me. You know, we did a, a show a couple of weeks ago um, and we had a chance to work um, the powers of pain. Oh, um, man. man. Yeah. And that was a huge checklist. And it was so funny because we're, we're in the back and stuff like that. And Chaz got this all together. Um, it was one of our bucket lists because growing up, those guys used to scare the shit out of you when you watch them on TV. You would definitely be afraid of seeing those guys. And then hearing those guys, the way that they talk about us and about what we've done and stuff like that, it's just like, wow. Yeah. You know, you don't realize it because you're living it. And then when other people that you idolize come to you and say, hey, man, you know, you guys were something special. Right. You... It, it takes you back a little bit. It, it totally. hits you differently. It hits you differently, definitely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've had I've had tears brought to my eyes a couple of times in situations like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were doing the, the match with um so we were on the show, they were doing a convention and then we were supposed to be it was up in North Jersey for ISPW, um, Tommy Fierro's group up there. Um and uh they Tommy had us coming up, we got a table and he was putting us in like some kind of battle royal thing. And then I saw it was Powers of Pain, and his tag champs are two young kids called The Now. So I <laughs> called him up, and I said, listen, I said, Powers of Pain are going to be in the ring. Somehow we need to be involved, whether we have just a match with us, and it's like the winner faces them, blah, blah, blah. So he goes, no. He goes, we'll do, we'll do you know, a triple threat tag match. I'm like, perfect. He built it perfectly, and the flyer he made was awesome because it looked like Back to the Future, kind of that if you uh, think of Back to the Future with the, the letters and the, the arrows the way it is, yeah. the way the words yeah. are. The yeah. He built it the 80s versus 90s versus the now. Huh. So yeah. he set it up great, but we're in the back and we're like going over the match and talking to Barb and Barb's like, all right, he's like, so here's what we'll do. We'll start. Oh, he's like, so he's like, Chad, you get in the ring with me. He goes, and we're going to lock up and um, take me in a headlock and still be a tackle. He goes, drop. I go, so I'm going to take, I'm going to take you in the headlock. You're going to shoot me off. And then you're going to get me the top. I'm going to bump. He's like, no, I'm going to bump. I go, what? He goes, I'm going to, I go, you're bumping for me. 
And he's like, yeah, why would I not bump for you? I'm like, I don't know, but, and he's like, just listen. So he goes, you're you. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes, boom. And then I, he gets big hip toss. And then we do another thing. I go, wait a minute. You're taking two bumps for me. It was so funny. Terry Wardlord leans over, grabs my leg. He goes, 15 year old Chaz needs to take a deep breath and relax right now. Let's just get to this match. <laughs> but, but we legit got in the ring. And before I locked up, did somebody, it was great at, um, Till Piper, Piper's daughter, she was there. She videoed the two minutes I was in the ring with him. And before we lock up, you can see me, like, stop and look down at my arms. And I was just, like, covered in goosebumps. I stopped to look at my arms because I was covered in goosebumps, getting ready to lock up with him. It was amazing. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. What's the Rock and Roll Express story? Uh, um, so in 10th grade, we did a family trip to um, Disney. And I'm standing in front of President's Hall, and I'm a huge mark, and I look over, and there's Ricky. So I go over, and I, I get Ricky Morton's autograph, and I got a, you know, my parents took a picture of us, blah, blah, blah. So we go, we go to Smoky Mountain. We go to, Smok- we go to Smoky, and we walk in the locker room, and Ricky's laying down. And I'm like, and now I'm thinking to myself, fuck, here's, you know, 10th grade Chad's freaking out, because now here's Ricky Morton in the same locker room. And right. I walk over, and I'm like, hey, introduce myself to him, and he sits up kind of staggers a little bit. He looks at me. He goes, you know what, kid? I go, what? He goes, cocaine. I hate the way it tastes, but I love the way it smells. And I'm like, oh, like, this is fucking fantastic. Like, yeah, great to meet you too. Like, so now Cornette puts us in like a little angle with them. And, um, and you know, there, there was, there was, different heat back there in the locker room with like Tracy and Ricky for whatever reason yeah. was going on. Yeah. But somehow we kept getting pulled into it. Um, uh, like when we work like when we work like Tracy and, and white boys that whenever the thugs, you know, we'd have Ricky going over going, you know, if you, if you give Tracy an extra shot, like it's okay. And them coming over to us, Hey, if you give Ricky an extra shot for us, like it's okay. And like, it's like <laughs> back and forth like that. So we were doing the one, the one spot, you know, we do that drop down clothesline. Glenn Wisman yeah. drops down. I come off the second rope with a clothesline. Well, we used to do a drop kick. Uh-huh. I used to come off the second with a drop kick. Mm-hmm. I came flying off the second with a drop kick, hit Ricky square in the face, mm-hmm. bust his nose. So we get in the back and he's like, he's not upset about it. He doesn't care. He's perfectly fine. <laughs> he goes, so is that a receipt from Tracy or what was that? And I'm like, that was just me coming off. Like it wasn't on purpose. He's like, no, because I don't think it was on purpose. He goes, but I think you should probably change that to maybe a clothesline or something. He goes, it's a, big, it's a big bump for you. He goes, it's a big bump for you taking that bump off the second rope every night. He goes, and plus my face didn't like it very much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then we get in the ring another night with, with them and um, they're, they're, they're laying the boots to me. They're laying the boots to me. And I'm kind of just rolling around. And like Glenn said, you know, we like to work snug. We want to feel it. Yeah, um, yeah. So we get in the back and Robert comes up to me and he's like, Hey, he goes, um, you know, you need hey, to kid. sell a little bit more. Like we're laying the boots to you. Like you weren't really registering. And I looked at him, I go, well, Robert, no offense, but I couldn't really feel it. So if I can't see it, because I'm trying to sell, like, and I can't feel it. Like, how am I going to sell? Because I couldn't see it and I couldn't feel it. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, no worries. He's like, I understand. <laughs> so we, we, we get in the ring the next night and we lock up and Robert punches me right in the face. And I go, oh. He goes, did you feel that kid? Can you sell? And I'm like, point made. Thank you, sir. <laughs> 
One time uh, in Louisville, uh, me and Jamie had went to Kentucky Kingdom for like the whole day before the show that night. And they they had beer there and they had the water park and all that. And that's what we decided to do all day. And we show up to the gardens and now they they were heels in, in Memphis territory when they worked us. And so they're out there calling tackle drop down arm drag and then and we go for the arm drag and they fucking pull out of it <laughs> Shit like that. and we're the baby faces and they're calling all these spots and making us look like complete idiots just to fucking teach us a lesson of don't go drinking <laughs> at the water park all day <laughs> that's right that's funny that's right but i did take that but i did take that picture back and i had ricky sign it so that was pretty cool that is very cool. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, I, I love them. Out of nowhere, Robert will send me a text or just call me out of nowhere, just saying hi. Like, just, you know, awesome. like Glenn said, you know, you, you know, you get, you meet all these, you know, you, you watch all these guys. Grow, I mean, what do you know? You grew up in Memphis yeah. watching and working everybody. You watch them growing up and then, and then you get to work them and then they actually become your friends. And when, and when you see them, like at the convention we did a couple weeks ago, like I said, Tommy Ferris and Bret Hart was there. Mm-hmm. And, Brett had like a line, I don't know, four hours long. Mm-hmm. And before he started, like he saw us and like worked his way around everyone to come over to us yeah. and say hi and talk to us for like 10, 15 minutes. And then even went back to like the days, like when he left um, and went to WCW because Brett kind of took us under his wing when, when we first got there, mm-hmm. like he would yeah. watch our matches. He would pull us aside, him and Owen and help us out and stuff like that. And Brett oh, was like, man. you know, he goes, I wish I was there longer. I wish I was there to help you guys more. He's like, you guys, like, I felt like you were my boys. Like, I kind of helped you guys out. And you guys were great with my kids. Like, it was a great, like, 10-minute conversation of just stuff like that. But, like, he walked away, and we looked at each other. We're like, did Brett just, like, put us over? Like, were we, were we his boys without knowing it? Like, it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of funny. We were in the Brett Hart circle and didn't know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? Put, yeah, he did put you over in his book, though. He did. He was like, they were just like, you know, playing with my kids. It was awesome. Yeah, that was very yeah. cool. So, yeah, it was really cool when his documentary came out. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Because it was funny. I was actually with Kyoto in Pittsburgh. We were going to a, a Steelers Bengals game, and uh, we were hanging out with some of the, the players from the Steelers. And we were in one of their condos, and we were all watching that. And I had no idea you know, what was about to happen. And Vince is talking to Brett and blade runs up to, to Brett. And he's like, dad, dad, dad. And he's like, look, I'm busy. I'm in the middle of a meeting. He goes, go find one of the headbangers and go play. <laughs> and I just sat there. I was like a duck on the pond. Like on the inside, I was like, holy shit, did Brett just said it. And then all the players from like, there was like all of them. There's like three or four players in there from mm-hmm. the Steelers, like jumped up. They're like, holy shit. Brett just told his kids to go play with me. I'm like, yeah, what's the big deal? Like no big deal. But inside it's like, <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, Brett just told his kid to go play with me and it's on the video. Like, document <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah, is awesome. awesome. Man. You, you, you watch uh, these guys and you're friends with them later. It's awesome. Yeah, that is. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% 
20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So coming up in the business, I don't I don't know. I'm sure you guys uh, have heard stuff like this. You know, it's, you know, wins and losses don't really matter. Don't be a mark for the belts and blah, 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 blah. In a way, wins and losses do matter. I mean, you got to be a little bit business about it. Uh, but having said that, you guys uh, had the WW. I don't know if it was E or F at the time. You you held the tag team titles. Uh, talk about what that actually means to you, man. Because I know I, I never had a title that big. I guess the Memphis Territory titles uh, meant the most to me. Uh, the TNA tag titles meant a lot to me. But to have the WWF tag team titles, what does that mean to you? Um, it was weird because we had no idea that we were even you know, getting the titles. We knew we were in the match probably a week before the pay per view. So we we didn't have any idea. And if we yeah, just like uh, you're trying to originally keep the Yeah. So like you said, we didn't know because originally it was um it was Stone Cold and Dude Love. They were tag champs. So they were supposed to be in the match, but that's when Stone Cold hurt his neck. Mm-hmm. So at the last minute at the last minute they plugged us in to take their spot. Um yeah, so we had no clue. We were just like, cool, we're on another pay-per-view. This is awesome. I mean, we another pay-per-view payoff. And yeah. um, I'll never forget it. You know, again, Cornette was, you know, the, one of the greatest things for us ever. Um, it, it was in the garden. It was in Louisville in the garden. And um, he pulls us aside. He's like, come on, boys, we got to talk. And we're like, all right, what did we do? God only knows what we did now. Um, <laughs> what do you take this down to the parking garage. Oh, yeah, so oh. he takes his... He takes us downstairs in the parking garage, like all the way in a back corner. We're like, Jimmy, what the hell was going on? Like, what did Next we do? Next to a so trash bad? can. <laughs> right. So he stands us here. He goes, I brought you guys down here. He goes, I want to let you guys know you're winning the belts tonight. And we just stood there. We're like, what? He's like, you're winning the belts. We're like, cool. And he goes, 
no. I brought you down here because I know how you are so you guys can jump up and down and we can all do it together. So all three of us started jumping up and down in the <laughs> parking garage in the Louisville Gardens. We kind of, we were winning the tag belts. <laughs> that yeah, sums it up. And, awesome. then we're, and then we're in the meeting and uh, they're like, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that and blah, 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 blah. And then it's going to be, you know, you guys are going to go for your finish and, you know, Stone Cold's going to come down. He's going to stun um, Owen and then Chad, you'll be in the ring. You cover him, you pin him. And I'm just sitting there like my hand over my mouth. And I don't forget it. Phineas looks over me, Godwin. He goes, it's okay to smile. Go ahead, laugh, <laughs> smile. <laughs> like, okay. Because <laughs> we, yeah, we were both like that. I mean, it was just, it was a, you know, everybody always asks, you know, what did it feel like to win the tag belts? I, I, I guess, like, it feels like to win the Super Bowl, I guess. I yeah. Mean, it's hard to, yeah. Unless, unless you actually walk that, that, that aisle you really, yeah. it, it's really super hard to explain. Like, I yeah. mean, you know how it is. You, you, yeah. you watch all these years and you see the champions and everything else. And then you see WrestleMania and it's the biggest, you know, spectacular of the, of the year. And it, it is the, you know, Super Bowl for wrestling. And then you're in it and you're winning at WrestleMania. You're winning the tag belts and people are like, Oh, what was that like? Cool. It's like, super hard to explain to anybody that's that's never experienced it i mean you guys what were wrestlemania 15 i think it was in boston 13 chicago that was chicago yeah yeah so you know what all of our first wrestlemania yeah you're walking down that aisle and you're walking out and you see wrestlemania and you're just like i cannot believe i'm part of this yeah yeah it's historic night i mean you know nobody will ever be able to to take any of that away yeah very true i say that a lot yeah too. i mean like, like it's hard to and, and again you say winning it you're not really winning it but you are winning it you know what i mean yeah. that um but it's still like even thinking about it like now and sometimes you like you tell the stories you, you, like i'll still get goosebumps thinking about it or talking about yeah. it or telling the story about it um I mean, it's pretty freaking amazing. And then it was the, the funniest part at the end, though, was we're sitting in the locker room. Like, I had the belt sitting there. And, like, the last thing I wanted to do was put the belt down. Like, all I wanted to do was hold it. And Owen looks over at me. He goes, you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, do you guys, is there, like, a um, like a like a bag for these? Like, a felt bag or something? He's like, fucking kids. And he gets up and walks out. I was like, what? There's no bag for the belt? I thought there was supposed to be a bag. That's... <laughs> 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 oh, talk about Owen real quick. Did you have many interactions with him that you could, you know, similar to that one? I would love to hear an Owen. Owen? Yeah. Oh, geez. I'll, I'll tell him, um, I'll tell him a, a real quick one. Then you can get into that other one, Chess. Okay. Um, Owen was always, you know, even when I was up doing jobs and stuff like that, Owen was always the guy that would come over and talk to the extras or the job guys or whatever you wanted to call, you know, us at that time. Mm, um, yeah. he always made himself available for interaction or feedback on matches or, or anything like that. And, um, you know, when, whenever we wrestled in Philly or stuff like that, I had two, you know, kids at that time, two daughters, and they would come, you know, Monday nights and stuff like that. So Owen would always be in the cafeteria, either coloring with them, playing with them or, or stuff like that. And he was very, I mean, everybody knows how family oriented Owen right. was. 
Right. So whenever there was outside kids there, he would always spend time with them and stuff like that. And that's the thing that really got me about Ellen is, is he was just so down to earth and, you know, he didn't let, you know, anything of the, the, the fame and the fortune and, you know, his last name ever affect how he treated anybody else, mm, which was awesome. made him such an amazing person and, and everything else to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know Taz feels the same way and stuff like that, how he would just, you know, come over. If, if Owen didn't like you, he wouldn't play pranks on you. I mean, right. one of the times in the locker room that, that we were at TV, he locked our bags together. And with <laughs> Owen, he had locked the bags together. And with Owen, if you put it over and you acted all upset, you were going to keep getting ribbed. Oh, yeah. So we just picked our bags up and just kept going because we traveled together anyway and stuff like that. And then, you know, the next day the bags got unlocked. But, you know, it, you know, he would, he would walk behind you as you're talking to Vince or JR and drop a stink bomb, you know, and, and Vince looking at you going, God damn, you guys, you got to go to the bathroom or something. Um, but, you know, that's just the way he was. If he didn't like you, he, he didn't mess with you. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Tell the other story. So, um, Wolfie, remember you, when you, we first, we all kind of got there together. We had that, that, that part-time deal where the office paid for all of our trans right. and um, the full-time guys had to pay their own trans. Right. Um, so a couple of the guys realized that contract was going on. So some of them would, would try jumping in with us, you know, for free rides and stuff like that. Always. But um, <laughs> yeah. So one night, one well, night, care. Um, Owen, no, I didn't care. Um, <laughs> Owen came up to us and he's like, Hey, he goes, um, Davey boy left. I don't have a ride. Can I get a ride to the town? We're like, well, of course, you're fucking Owen Hart. So, right, right. Uh, you know, we drive all the way to the town and, you know, um, we get there and we're like, where's your hotel? He goes, well, I don't have one. Everything was, was sold out. And I don't know where Davey Boy is. He goes, can I just crash in your room? I'll just sleep on the floor. And we're like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, you can crash in a room, but you're fucking Owen Hart. You're not going to sleep on the floor. Like one of us will sleep on the floor or we'll share a bed or if there's a chair or whatever. He's like, well, yeah. it doesn't really matter. He goes, I just need a place to lay my head. So yeah. at this point that he was tag champ with Davey and he had the European title. Um, so, you know, we get up the next morning, Owen gets up and he's taking everything out of his bag. He's spreading everything out he's getting ready to go and take a shower, but he puts his belts out like one right next to the other, like almost like displaying them. Right. So he gets, yeah. up, he gets in the shower. We hear him in the shower. We <laughs> both get up being such marks, we get up and we're looking at the belts, but we're actually just looking at the tag belt. And yeah. um, we're sitting there all of a sudden grab the belt and we jump up on the bed and we're jumping up and down <laughs> on the bed with the stupid <laughs> belt, like freaking out. So the shower turns off. We're like, Oh shit. We run over, we put the belt down and then we, Owen comes out of the bathroom. He's wrapped in a towel. I'm sitting in a chair. Glenn's on the bed. And we're kind of just like, and Owen kind of walks over past the stuff. We're trying to act like cool. Nothing's going on. He looks down at the belts. He turns, looks at us. He goes, you picked up my belt and played with it, didn't you? And we're like, <laughs> yeah. He goes, I kind of knew you would. That's why I put it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So he was just, like Glenn said, he was just the best down to earth and, and just the nicest guy. And, and him and Davey Boy with the ribs were just hysterical together. Um, yeah. You know, you can go on all day talking about how awesome of a person he is or was. Yeah. Huge, huge loss. You know, 
we used to love hearing the ribs when he would call people up and said that he was the pizza guy. Have you ever right. heard that rib before? Yeah. He would yeah. call up other guys in a hotel and he would disguise his voice. I don't know how Owen Hart would disguise his voice, but he would. <laughs> he would. And he would just play pranks on people about, hey, I'm the pizza guy. I'll, I'm downstairs. Come to get your goddamn pizza. <laughs> and you get like in the arguments with guys on the, and then he would just tell everybody in the locker room the next day how funny it was, and you know he was just he was just awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a merry prankster. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm going back here. Were you guys still in Smoky Mountain when it ended? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They well, put the here's belt, my they question. Put the belt on, they put the belt on Tommy Rich and it closed the next day. <laughs> I love it. I love My, Tommy, but yeah. <laughs> you, you know how successful that the Smoky Mountain invasion of USWA was, and we, we did really big numbers in Memphis, kind of kept it afloat. And I asked this uh, to Tom. Uh, I don't remember if I asked d or not. But anyway, anybody has been there, the talks were that we were going to do the reverse. We were going to – Memphis was going to invade Smoky Mountain. And I always thought, man, if we just could have gotten to that, Smoky Mountain might have stayed in business a little longer. Uh, what do you think about that? I don't know um, if Cornette wanted to stay in business longer. <laughs> I, I, I think it might have been more of a Cornette, you know, he was having a hard time, I guess, with, you know, this is just my observation, yeah. with splitting the time between Smokey and, and WWE at the time. Because mm-hmm. he was kind of doing both and everything else. So I don't know if he really minded Smokey folding. The way it did, because he just, you know, went up there full time. Yeah. So I don't know. To be honest with you, yeah. I would have loved to see it happen because it would have, it would have been big. It would have been extremely Man, I would, big. I would have yeah. loved it. Just being on the opposite end of it, because I know how fun it was, you know, being the baby faces. But I know how much I love being a heel. And how much, even when me and Jamie came up there those few times and worked with. Uh, Tom and and Jimmy and uh, Tracy and Tony. I mean, the people hated us, <laughs> so it would have been good. <laughs> so, okay, let me ask this question then. It's speaking of uh, you know interesting gimmicks and 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 things to that effect. The flying nuns gimmick. Yeah, now, you guys, great, <laughs> great look. You had a great look, a great gimmick, and they they decided it was that a. Well, let me let you tell it. Tell us about the flying nuns. So, <laughs> I, I think it was a because I mean we went, obviously we went into we were still part time when a part time contract when they did that and we obviously sure. went. A lot of people think we went into WWF um, as the flying nuns, but we didn't. We went in as the headbangers. We already had you know matches on TV as the headbangers. Yeah, um, exactly. I think it was yeah. a, I, I think it was a couple of things. Um, one is they're always testing you. Um, especially when you're new, they're testing you to see attitude, what you'll deal with, what you won't deal with and blah, blah, blah. But I think the other big thing is Vince likes creating people. Um, he didn't create the headbangers. So, right. Uh, and I think he was, you know, and he was trying to get more, that's when they were just starting to get edgy, trying to get edgy with things. And WCW was whooping our asses at the time. So I think it was just one of those things he wanted to try it out, um, to see what we would do. Um, but then to, to figure it out, but then they did it. And we had, we had the one match on shotgun Saturday night. And then the next week they, they did it again. They did something else with us. Um, but then they were going to like, I think it was like Dallas or Houston or something, Texas. Yeah. And they were going to fly us out for that. 
they're going to fly us out for that. And all of a sudden they were like, yeah, never mind. We're not sending you guys out. We're like, well, why not? They're like, they just, it's too religious um, there. And like, it would be way too much heat. Like you'll probably get shot. So (laughs) we're going to leave you guys home. And then the next week they had us, they, they said, okay, we need you to come up to New York. So we went up to the city and they're like, all right, we want you guys to just stand there and, and stare in the Disney store. We're like, in the Disney store? They're like, yeah, we're going to have you guys arrested for staring at little kids in the fucking <laughs> Disney store. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but the, the, the funny part is, is when they had us before then, the first night we did it, that shotgun Saturday night, I think it's St. Patrick's Cathedral, the really big church in New York City. They had us, they said, okay, we want you guys, we want to get some video and pictures of you guys standing in front of a church. Now, I grew up Catholic. I was an altar boy my whole life. Um, so I, I'm not super religious, but I was kind of like, this is making me a little uncomfortable. I'm not really sure. comfortable with this. Yeah. So they have it standing up there and we're like acting like we're praying and looking down. The timing that Vince McMahon had was ridiculous. Because as we're standing there, I kid you not, we're not even there for 30 seconds. The doors open and all these people started coming out. Well, when they started coming out, here's two guys over six foot tall. I mean, two, uh, let me just, two figures over six foot tall with these big flying nun habits on their head. Right. People started dropping to their knees and oh, praying up. And then they looked up at us and they see, they see, you know, facial hair. They see Glenn with the nose chain in going from his nose to his oh, ear. God. And then they started going, you're going to burn for this. You're going to burn it. And I was like, what the fuck? So we start walking down the whole time. I'm going, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> we get we get in the limo because the limo dropped us off at first and left, and then the, yeah. the and then and then another limo pulled up. So we jump in the limo and we're taking off and we pull the thing off. I go, what in the fuck is this? I'm like, holy shit! I don't know what's going on. The privacy fucking window comes down. Vince <laughs> is in the front seat. He turns around. And he goes, you know what just happened? And I went, oh shit! He goes, we just made some money. And up went the window. And that was it. <laughs> I went, oh. You okay, left out the best part about the lady. <laughs> Which one? You left out the best part about the old lady. Which I don't remember. Go ahead. Venus with the purse. Yeah, they were telling us we were going to burn in hell. It was ridiculous. But, the lady um, was hitting us with yeah, the purse. So it was just, I think it was just one of those things where either they were testing us to see what we do or Vince was just really trying to create something else for us to do. I don't okay. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a really good Vince story. That's a good I like that. <laughs> so before we we wrap up, I'm not gonna keep you guys all day. We could we could of course do this all day. But uh let's talk about the, the newest thing going on with you guys that I saw. You got uh, kind of like a legends deal, but not a legends deal. They're doing merchandise. Explain that to the listeners and talk about it, tell them where they can get it, whatever. Well, I think it's so it's called the nostalgia contract. Okay. A nostalgia agreement, whatever it is. It's a five year deal. Um, from what we're told, the legends contract, that's what it is. Um, yeah. it's, the, it's the same exact thing. They just, I guess somehow the boys renamed it a legends contract, but it's a nostalgia contract. Gotcha. So what happened was we did these cards for this, um, company Panini. Um, and from what I understand now, it's a pretty big company when it comes to trading cards. I had no idea at the time, but yeah. someone from Mattel saw our Panini cards and said, hey, Headbangers haven't had action figures in forever. We'd like to make some. So someone from Mattel called WWE and said, mm-hmm. we want to make action figures of them, put them under the, 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 the contract. Mm-hmm. So 
Cool. It's basically it's a five year deal. It's um it's all merchandise, so it's um action figures again, which they said probably won't be out for ten to twelve months because of the, the way the production goes. Right. Um and then it's gonna be video games. And then from nice. what I understand and the contract we signed, there's appearance fees. So I I'm guessing it'll be stuff, you know, like when they do the special rolls, it seems like it's always those good guys they bring out, which yeah. obviously help push the sale. So we don't know really what to expect out of it, other mm-hmm. than the fact that it's all new merchandise. And, you know, Whoopi, you talked about, you know, being a mark for winning and losing and belts and stuff like that. I'm mm-hmm. a mark for having more action figures. If you could see behind totally. me, all the action <laughs> figures are on a shelf behind me. Yeah, so, all um, but all, my, all the action figures on the shelf behind me are only mine. I don't have everyone else's on there. Right. But, um, right. I'm just excited to, um, you know, to be, to be, well, almost sort of be relevant again. So it'll help with, yeah. Um, you know, indie bookings and, you know, just the extra money. And I, I joke around saying, so after 30 years of physically abusing myself, I'm finally kind of getting something for doing nothing. Getting right. paid to do nothing. So that's maybe that's um, explain to Jamie and he does not comprehend that, but whatever. That's <laughs> right. a whole nother uh-huh. scope. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and the, um, the, the funniest thing is, is when it was presented to us, is Chaz calls me up. He goes, yo, did you get that, that text message from the 203 area code? I'm like, yeah, I'm driving, though. I couldn't read it. He's like, no, you got to pull over and read it. So then Chaz sends this guy back and says, hey, is this a rib? <laughs> because, because we did not ever expect this. Right. So it's completely, you know, it, it's one of those holy shit all kind yeah. of moments. Totally. Where, you know, trying it's to put it in words mark. or feelings or something like that, you just, it, it, it's, it's impossible to. Yeah. To, to, I mean, th- these contracts are longer than our, our contracts when we wrestled for And when Glenn mentions feelings, as he's getting older, he's getting more in touch with his feelings. So he's getting very I sensitive. Am. So it's, um, that's good. I, but, uh, but no, it, it, it was even one of those, it was even one of those moments again, like I, I talk about, you know, like winning the belts and stuff where like you get all teary eyed and, and swelled up and goosebumps yeah. about it. And yeah. then, um, the funny part is I asked the guy, I'm like, is this a rib? And he was like, no, he's like, can I call you? So I was like, I'll call you. Cause I already had Glenn on the phone. So we did a three-way call. So uh-huh. then it's like, the guy's like, you know, we'll get the agreements over to you, you know, in the next few days or whatever it is. So it's like two weeks go by, we hear nothing. Right. So I send this guy a text back. I go, all right. I go, you told me it wasn't a rib. Clearly it's a rib. I'm like, can you just fess up to it so we can all move on? And ha ha funny. Good job. Who are you? <laughs> He's like, no, he goes, it's really not a rib. He goes, we're just, um, he goes, it was, it's WrestleMania time. So we won't get the agreements of the contract every time after WrestleMania. We're like, oh, okay, cool. I was just joking about the rib part, but okay. <laughs> 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 Jimmy, you, you got one more question for these guys before we go. So I just got to ask you, Chaz, are the meatballs still the best kickball team? Um, <laughs> the meatballs, so the meatballs don't play anymore. Um, oh, the, man. We, we kind of, after 2016, we, we went and won our last um, national championship. Um, I, have, I have four with the meatballs and I have three with um, three other teams. Um, so I am the only one in the country with seven national kickball championships. Um, That's awesome, but, dude. Yeah. But as it, as it, if we're going to talk about the goats of kickball, the meatballs are definitely the goats of kickball. I mean, we okay. kind of we kind of taught everyone how to do – there, there's, there's uh, the strategy behind kickball. And Glenn will tell you, he played a couple of leagues with me, local leagues. 
Um, the strategy works if you don't get the strategy down. And we didn't have the best players, but we had the best strategy. and We were able to execute it better than anyone else. But we're probably the goats of kickball. That's awesome. That's that's yeah. what I've heard actually. So yeah, yeah. That's that's one that I did not know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it up for you, Jimmy, on digging that one up. <laughs> yeah, we are the goats, and I, and I'm so and I'm so playing. I actually just won my seventh national championship like a month and a half ago in DC. What's um, the new team's name? What's the new team? Um, the team I'm on right now is called Wham. Okay, Wham. All right. Yeah. All right. Like George Michael. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, nice. Funny. our channel will go wake me up. Our pregame channel will go wake me up before you go. Go wham. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dudes, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm so uh, happy for you guys that uh, you got the WWE deal there, and it seems like things are going good. You both look great when I saw you uh, at Indianapolis, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad to have met you in the business, man. Uh, both of you, um, good guys. I, I, you know what I really wish, Wolfie, is that we could have done more with you guys. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Either with USWA or you know WWE, you know Absolutely. anything. I wish we could have done more with you and Jamie and stuff like that. Yeah, man, me too, yeah, man. We were kinda, the, when we the did gimmicks, that, when we did that whole, when we were involved with that whole Smoky Mountain invasion thing, we were kind of hoping. Um, you know, they were going to let us run, have, have yeah. a run with one another, but they just kept it with, you know, Bill against you guys, um, yeah. which, which kind of sucked. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that would have been fun to, to really have a, have a good program with you guys. So it would have been uh, fun. Yeah, the, been the gimmicks would have been perfect. Uh, oh, can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. So been, and, but uh, again, thank you for coming on. I know it took us a minute to get the scheduling right and all that good stuff, but we did it. And, uh, and, and, and Wolfie. Looks, yeah, Wolfie. I just want to say all the best. You know, I right. hope everything comes out good for you on, on your you. medical side. Yes, um, <laughs> you know I do follow and yeah. make sure. Um, yeah, man. So, hey, I, I forget how old you guys are, but if you ain't been checked, go get checked because uh, you know I didn't think nothing of it. It, it really started out with uh, I, I popped my. I had a hernia when I was like five, and it popped recently. And now they say I got two. So they were doing this colonoscopy to make sure that they can go in and fix the uh, the hernia. And that's when they found, dude, I got three polyps in there. And that's not a real good number uh, considering one of them could be cancerous. So I, I, I hope I'm all right. I feel all right. I had a bad reaction to the anesthesia, but whatever. But if you haven't been checked, go get checked. I think they say 45 and I'm fixed to be 50. And that was my first one. So I'm saying that to you guys and everybody else. <laughs> I've had, I had it done that the colonoscopy a year ago and everything's good but as far as getting checked i had um just kind of not segways <laughs> to a different thing um it was like 20 end of 2017 i found a lump on my neck mm-hmm. um long story short it led to them doing all kinds of different tests it led to them finding i had thyroid cancer that spread to my lymph nodes oh, um, and the lump and the lump that they found actually was just a lipoma fatty tissue that was yeah. nothing and they wow. left it in there and i had that taken out like two years ago because it started growing but if it wasn't for that, they would have never found the the nodules on my thyroid that led to them finding the cancer. And it was a fast spreading seed. So they oh, took out, man. like I said, my thyroid and 122 lymph nodes. So uh, my thing is this, if you got a lump and something doesn't feel ready, feel up, fucking get it checked. Don't yeah. walk around. Like now, knock on wood, perfectly fine. Levels are great. I take medicine every day because I have no thyroid. 
Um, right. No issues, no problems. Everything's great. But you know, if I didn't, if I would have waited, it may have been totally different situation. Yeah, man. absolutely, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, you enjoy. Glenn, Glenn, you enjoy a finger up your ass. Go get checked. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll counteract the adjectomy I just had. So, you know, it's all right. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks again, man. Love you to death. And, uh, man, hopefully I'll see you guys around uh, sometime again, man. Uh, yeah, sure. Hopefully. Look forward to it. Something like that. But, Jimmy, what are we coming back with after this break? Guys, y'all be prepared. It's an Ask Wolfie Anything. Can you imagine the questions that are going to come out of this? It's it's going to be horrible. So. But don't worry. Especially since, we, especially since we just wrote about fingers up your ass. For <laughs> <laughs> yes. your weight, did you enjoy it? Um, <laughs> did they don't have to use the extra large hose? <laughs> 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 so we're going to end this ridiculousness and let you guys go. And when we come back, folks, we'll have asked Wolfie anything. Thank you. Headbangers. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you. Bye, Wolfie. Thank you guys. Take care. Thank you. Great to meet you guys. Same here. DJ hit the music. Right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D anything, and man, what a cool show! Those guys were awesome. I really wasn't it was, just. It was worth the wait, right? We got it. We finally got it hooked up. Yes, yes, it was definitely worth the wait. A little bit of headache, a little bit of. <laughs> I, I always, it's crazy, man. But what when I wait on the text from you that it's cool, you're like, all right, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, awesome. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's like a weird excitement. <laughs> oh, what a rush. <laughs> oh, what a rush. Go anyway. Yes. Yeah, we've got some great questions today. Thank y'all again. Hashtag Ask Wolfie for Ask Wolfie Anything. And this one is from listener Aaron Howard on Facebook. It's pretty simple. I mean, it's maybe even yes or no, but have you ever thrown 10 speeds at a Juggalo gathering? Huh. Curious question. Uh, I don't think I have, but this, this question is so specific, I might just not remember it. Uh, because what a what a place that is. I did it one time, and, you know, that's plenty. I, I've yeah. told you some stories from there. And, uh, yeah, not a place that... Uh, I need to be hanging out anymore. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like I saw all kinds of shit at that thing, so I might have thrown ten speeds at a juggalo gathering. I'll get, say that because honestly, I don't remember. Yeah. So let me ask you a quick question: When do you show up to that event? And was it up in Michigan or during the day? I think because yeah. it goes all night. But I didn't go to the ring till four or five in the morning. Wow. And I heard they like wrestle by flashlights or something. Or so, is that like dark, ma- like <laughs> literally dark matches? Uh, but yeah, the ones that are at night like that, they, they use flashlights and shit like that. That's crazy, man. And I mean, they've had everybody from there from like Iron Sheet, you know. I, I remember it being like you could see clearly. I think there was some other lighting too, but it was just called 
flashlight wrestling. Okay, okay. And I remember, you know, they've had guys like Raven, Iron Sheik, Terry Funk, Wolfie D, Jamie Dundee. Listen, when 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 I was there for that one, I swear to God, there was every every person in the in the wrestle business was there. <laughs> I mean, as far as wrestlers, I mean, everybody. I was like, what? How are they afford? Oh, wait a minute. There's thousands of people camping out here, right? Uh, and, Sitting in the woods, that's how they can afford it. Yeah, it's amazing. I watched those videos on YouTube of like, you know, normal guys deciding to go to the gathering to see what it's like and stuff. And it it's like, wow, it's like part hedonism and part family, you know? It's it, those juggalos. I got to say, you know, they get a bad rap, but they don't seem like necessarily horrible people. They just seem like they are. They just love them some ICP and that and that style of music. You know, Dude, they're loyal. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of like the Yellowstone their ass too. You, you notice how many of them have the tattoo? Oh, dude. <laughs> Yeah, the Hatchet Man. I've seen yeah. quite a few wrestlers with the Hatchet Man, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, especially on the independent scene, you know. So anyway, yeah. I seen yeah. one wrestler. Fucker had a Pepsi tattoo on his arm. I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I mean, seriously. I heard, wonder whatever happened to him. Yeah. I don't know. I think he needs to come back or something. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, man? So basically, they create a whole other show just for punk. I know this is not current affairs, but... Yeah. It's a current affair! I, I didn't even know that was the deal. I thought he was just coming back. I, I, I didn't know that. It was for him. But that's yeah. cool. Yeah. I'll it seems back. I have my own fucking show this time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, it's like all the guys that have not been on TV in a long time: Andrade, Miro, which is the former Rusev, and then CM Punk, and then Samoa Joe, and several different Thunder Rosa. They're all in the commercial promoting this show. That's about so. It's like these must be the either the good ones or the toxic ones, and I can't figure out which. Yeah. But another well, thing too, could this be a? Uh, him saying to them, look, okay, let, let me have my own show. And, and I assume, is he going to book it? I mean, I, if that's the case, then I would think this is kind of a, not a power play, but a, let, let me show you something. If this don't work, then okay, let me show you what I can do type thing. I just hey. wonder if that's plays into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it could be, because, I mean, you'd know he would have some kind of say in on something going on there, you know? Uh, but yeah. So. But I, like I said, I didn't realize it was that I just saw he's coming back. So if it's his own show, that leads me to to think that way. But anyway. Could be. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So not 100% sure on the 10 speeds at the Juggalo Gathering and CM Punk is back. But the next question, this is a really cool listener. And she came along during the time that we were promoting the Joe Cephas tribute episode. And she's just a friend of Joe's. And she's been a great listener since we've basically, since we've done that episode. Great fan of Joe Cephas, as we all are. And her name is Erlinda Elaine Martinez at EEM408 on Instagram. Go give her a follow there. And so here's this is a cool question. I'm always happy to hear these. I ran across some videos of Wolfie D wrestling at the stadium inn. What was it like to wrestle there? Any good stories or memories from those days? Oh, Lord. Well, <laughs> the first thing I can say is I'm 
about a thousand percent positive. Like seriously, I mean this. I have never been inside one of the rooms in that place. I can only imagine. But yeah. uh, yes, I had. I mean, me and Gary Valiant got into it there. I told that story on here. I don't remember what episode that was, but yeah, long uh, ago. <laughs> and, and, and we did that uh, lamb chop. Me and me and Josephus did the lamb chop video there. Great. Um, yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. And just that scene at the end of that video where that old lady's walking out of her room and the dog and all that, that was a shoot. She yeah. happened to come across the screen right then. It's weird. But yeah, man, just, it was kind of one of those things for me where it's like, this is what it's come to. <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, you know, they were usually with it. And that makes it a lot better, you know, if they're, if they're with it. And I'm kind of getting to do what I, what I want to do, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> you're, so, you're like, this ain't the yeah. fairgrounds. Mixed emotions on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, I know a lot of people that that was their lifeblood. Now, where was USWO before? They were at the, where were they before man, the stadium in? There three places, man. I remember when they was in the back of the uh there's a gym in, in Madison, world-class gym. Okay. And uh, it used to be, and I forget, that was in the, I don't remember the name of that little strip mall. But anyway, uh, it was in the back of that to begin with. I'm yeah. almost positive first place for it. And then it went somewhere in Madison. It's on, shit, man, some little building there. There was a couple of buildings, man. I some of those other, like Shane Morton and them, they'd all know the names of all of them, where they were and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I can't, because I didn't work all of them. I might have worked sure. some once or something like that. But um, yeah. Got it. You know, definitely a big time USWO reunion, I think, coming up on June 16th. You know, so if you're in the local area there, go check them out. It'll be a good time. I'm sure everybody looks like a lot of a lot of the faces that you've seen before will be there. So go check out them. It's a USWO reunion. It looks like it's put on you know, the salt. Is I can't. You know, Tony's been on here. Reno's been on here. Uh, you know, they must have lost my phone number because ain't nobody called me about it. I didn't even know that show was going on. Well, you never. Hey, they may just think you're out of their price range, Wolfie. Who knows? Quite. <laughs> <laughs> well we know that but anyway <laughs> anyway they, they could at least give you an offer right come on yeah. yeah i mean come on but it's funny i told them they need to call it u.s saw w-o because yeah. it's u-s-a-w-o <laughs> anyway yeah I think too much about stuff, apparently. But anyway, thank you, Erlinda. That was awesome. Great question. Definitely appreciate you being such a great listener and so active with us on Instagram. So thank you so much. All right. Well, our next one and final one of the day is from Steve Thomas on Facebook. And it says, this one's, I, I think I know the answer to this, of course, but I love, I love to hear you explain it. So out of all the eras of your career, which is your favorite and why? Um I mean, I mean, the '90s is the obvious answer, yeah. uh, just because that was when it was fun for me, and yeah. it hadn't it hadn't changed enough at that point where it was still fun, and it wasn't like it like it is now. But yeah, so I mean, the '90s, I, and I don't want to, I, I don't know if he's looking for a word like an attitude era or whatever era. I, mean, I just the '90s is my era, you know, and sure and did some pretty. 
stuff in, in TNA in the early 2000s. But, um, I mean, you got to go with the 90s for me, even though I worked but TNA, but just because I was more seasoned. Right, right. <laughs> so maybe, maybe would you want to say like maybe 94, 95, 96, something like that, or just, yeah, just the 90s? Five, yeah. Six, yeah, 90, 94 through 6, the best. Yeah, yeah. Because y'all were still rocking all the big buildings and the USWO hadn't ended yet. And, you know, that's, yeah, man, that's awesome. You got to do Puerto Rico, which we recently talked about on the previous episode, which, you know, by the way, you know, we did get a lot of responses on the seven wrestlers theory. So, you know, yeah, we got a lot of people that put in their wrestlers. Other people said it would take them all year to figure out those answers and you know, maybe they're taking it too serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but a lot of people put their responses in, so definitely appreciate them playing along. And, you know, sometimes we need a topic-based episode. Sometimes, you know, like we said earlier in the episode, wrangling up guests and getting their schedules lined up, sometimes that's a full-time job. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And asking somebody for the 50th time to come on your show. <laughs> I don't think I've that far with anybody. No, I know that. I'm just saying. I, I probably have texted you a name 50 oh, times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Specific <laughs> names, Doug Gilbert. But anyway, Kid Cash. But anyway, James Storm. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for Ask Wolfie D. I've got a few more Ask Wolfies after this that I'll text you more names again, but (laughs) this is all for the listeners. This is how you created that. Ask Wolfie any. (laughs) All right, man. Well, it's been a good episode. Thanks, everybody, once again for listening. And I I know Jimmy put it on social media. We'll say it on here. Our retention time with you guys is. through the roof everybody's listening the whole way through and we really appreciate that so with that being said it's wolfie d for jimmy across the street we'll talk to you next week and now a word from our sponsor ladies and gentlemen welcome to give me back my pro wrestling the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Chic Jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right. It's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com.
This is your rock star ring announcer, Aaron Camaro. I'm a man who believes the two greatest art forms ever created are professional wrestling and heavy rock music. So when I'm not hosting the best parties that also happen to be live professional wrestling shows, I'm hosting the Decibel Geek Podcast. Decibel Geek is a weekly podcast that features discussions of all things rock. We're talking the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Black Sabbath, Kiss, Ozzy, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Alice in Chains, Pantera, and everything in between. Plus, we'll turn you on to new bands from today that have the same spirit and style that the legends do. Decibel Geek is hosted by myself along with Rockin' Pod founder Chris Sinzak. And each week you'll get interviews with famous musicians and industry insiders along with informative, entertaining, humorous, and insightful discussions and most importantly, a passion for the music. So if you love to rock out as much as I do, then this is your invitation to the greatest rock and roll party in all of podcasting. It's Decibel Geek, and it's available right now on all major podcast platforms. Oh yeah. Hey, 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 it's the Heat Boss of Scotty Blaze. Now I'm inviting all of y'all to join me on my brand new podcast, Turning Up the Heat with the Heat Miser Scotty Blaze. So what are you waiting for? Come on over and join me. I'll be covering all the events of the day, global, national, pop culture, movies, gaming, whatever sounds interesting, but I'll also be playing some awesome skating shuffle music from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, anything that has a good beat, I'm going to be playing it, you can rest assured. Come on over, T-U-T-H-Radio.com. The podcast is on every major podcast platform. See you then. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Second, 
secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah. And remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color. Rum rush your mother, utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Bad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better be You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Rookie D, baby. Huh, I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.